Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you looking for a new adventure? Did you ever want to visit the city where all your nightmares reside? Well, you're in luck. Join us, your tour guides, Christine and Jen, to visit Nopeville, where you will be personally escorted on an all-inclusive trip through the city and see all possibilities of terror and fright. You'll see all sorts of things on your tours, including, but definitely not limited to, the paranormal, true crime, the supernatural, and more. If you're into all that and enjoy a little dark humor, book your tour today and nope right along with us. Check us out on our website at nopevillepodcast.com to see where you can listen to Nopeville today. Hello and welcome to Ye Old Crime, where we discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear. I'm your host, Lindsay Valenti, and with me is my sister and co-host, Maddie Stangle. Hey. Hi. How's it going? It's going. Yeah. Guess what? What? This is our 20th episode. Really? Mm-hmm. Why does it feel like I've like we've only done like five? I know. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was like, my, wait a minute. My friend Carol today, she was like, what episode is your favorite? And I was like, I don't know. I think I said the the hair, the wig snatching was my favorite right now. But what is it before was the Pompeii one? I fucking love the Pompeii one. I mean, dicks are always hilarious. So it's it was hilarious. And I still don't. I think dad still hasn't listened to it. <laughs> That's fair. There was a lot of dick stuff in there. Was a lot of stuff in there. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> um, but yeah, wow, twenty episodes. Okay, all right, we're still here. We're still here, and so is COVID. So we're continuing our spooky Spoopy. October. Mm-hmm. This is week two, and this time we are going to be talking about a haunted location. <gasps> Which one? The Drovers Inn. Have you heard of this? No. Wait. I might have just binged a ghost adventures where they went there. Where is it? It's in Scotland. No. (laughs) Okay. And then buckle up, buttercup. (laughs) Things are going to get weird. My body's ready. But is your spirit? No. Okay. (laughs) Mine's not either. It's fine. So information for this episode was pulled from the following sources. A 2019 The Spooky Isles article by Christine Miller. A 2019 Daily Star article by Anna Sava. Mm -hmm. A 2017 The Tab article by Chloe Imry. Atlas Obscura. The Drover's Inn website. The Vale of Leaven website. And as always, Wikipedia. God bless Wikipedia. Doing God's work, Wikipedia. Yep. Saving all those door-to-door... Encyclopedia salesman. So much work and paper. <laughs> they're not bitter at all. No. No. They're, they're just selling something else now. And as always, links to all of these articles will be included in the show notes. So this is Scotland. There are Scottish words. Uh-oh. I have spelled them out phonetically and will do my very best to say them correctly. But 
apologizing up front. Built in 1705, the Drover's Inn has quite the history. Mm-hmm. Located amongst the breathtaking scenery of Loch Lomond and the Trossachs National Park in Argyll and Butte, Scotland, mm-hmm. this 300-year-old inn continues to operate to this day. Wow. I feel like that's a thing there, right? Oh, yeah. It's almost like a stubborn pride in the fact that those buildings still exist. Yeah, so unless like enough. the rocks are falling down around you, I feel like a lot of those places will just like do what they can to stay as true to when it was first built as possible. It's crazy. It's like, don't you want it to be like better heated? I don't know. <laughs> That's not what you're paying for. Ye old asbestos. You're paying for the experience <laughs> and the ghosts. It's true. <laughs> and the ghosts. And the ghosts. <laughs> so originally known as Inverernan Inn. Stagecoach services were introduced after improvements had been made to the road through Gwen Fallock in 1840. The inn's name was changed to what it's known as today around the 1960s. So it was named that for a long ass time. So people were just confused if they were travelers. They probably yeah. said Glen Fallock all the time. No. Fallock. I know. But what was Glenn the Fallock? What was the inn name? Inverne. Oh, and I gotta scroll up. Yeah. Inverernan. Inverernan in. They'd be like, where's the Invernan in? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? They'll be like, get out. (laughs) Here's the stagecoach. Turn the fuck around Mm -hmm. and go back from whence you came. So its location on West Highland Way Mm -hmm. makes it a great place for weary travelers and long distance hikers to pick up some hearty traditional Scottish fare. Ooh. I looked at the menu. Because it's like a pub and a hotel. Mm-hmm. I want to eat all the things. Pretty hearty? Yes. Is there a shepherd's pie? Yes. Nice. So the inn was originally a stopping point for drovers, which are also known as cattle herders. And that's where the name comes from. Interesting. So Scottish cattle herders made yearly treks from the grazing pastures of the highlands all the way to the lowlands, where they would sell them at market. And this journey obviously was a long one over mm-hmm. rough terrain and the perfect place for bloody skirmishes between warring clans and cattle thieves. Nice. So you walk uphill both ways just to fight with someone and not sell your cattle. Yep, pretty much. Cool, cool, cool. cool. So many of these fights are said to still take place to this day, but on the <laughs> spectral plane, not the physical Can you imagine one. Imagine just like your Groundhog's Day is just beating the crap out of somebody. And then the other person's Groundhog's Day is just getting the crap beaten out of you. <laughs> For eternity. Ah, that's just mean. I hope like I hope the fight is new every time. Yep. Just to like even the playing field. <laughs> keep it keep it fresh. <laughs> right. The next line is one of my best work. Okay, I'm ready. I said, you see, there's a reason it's known as the most haunted inn in Scotland, if not the whole of the United Kingdom. Wow. I am a wordsmith. You are. You should work for Grammarly. Ooh. (laughs) Sponsor us. Actually, though, I use you all the time. I do, too. (laughs) I use you every single day. Day. I laughed when it was first created and then um, it just automatically was like, I'm on your browser now. And I'm like, okay. And now I'm like, please, does my tone sound okay? Do I sound angry? Because I don't want to sound angry, even though I'm very angry. <laughs> What's a synonym for this? I want to sound concerned. So one of the inn's most famous patrons was Scotland's own version of Robin Hood, Rob Roy McGregor. 
Better name. McGregor, who lived from March 7th, 1671 to December 28th, 1734, mm-hmm. is a local folk hero whose story has been immortalized in song, poems, and numerous stories. Nice. Sue's famous. He is famous. Around 1711, McGregor became an outlaw after he defaulted on paying back a loan, not to mention his cattle raiding and support of the 1715 Jacobite uprising also gained him a charge of treason. Oh, no. Yep. Which meant his wife and four children were evicted from their home, which was then razed to the ground. I bet they were so proud of dad in that moment. Thanks, Dad. And even though he was captured and dramatically escaped twice, he was eventually pardoned by the king in 1727. And McGregor was believed to have been murdered at the inn after seeking vengeance against a rival clan who stole his cattle. But he actually passed at his home in Balhadur at the age of 63 in 1734. No, he died at 35 in the inn, stabbing someone in the eye. He was like, stab, stab, stab. For three cattle. Step, step, step. Yep. And now that you know a little bit about the inn. Yep, we're going to go right into ghosts? We're going to go right into ghosts. <sighs> we're just going to dive right into this. Spoopy, spoopy. Spoopy, spoopy paranormal stuff. Should like light a candle or something? Light some $3 sage. I don't have a match. It's fine. Okay, never mind. So one of the most haunted rooms at the inn is room six, the final resting place of a little girl. No. <laughs> According to local legend, the girl drowned after attempting to get her doll out of the normally shallow and calm river Fallock, which is just behind the inn. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, on this day, there had been a lot of rainfall earlier, so the river had swelled and developed strong undercurrents. The girl <sighs> dropped her doll into the river and was swept away by the icy water as she attempted to retrieve it. Mm. Nobody was there with her? I wonder if it's something that just happened really fast. But her family, local farmers, and cattle drovers searched for her only to find her lifeless body downstream. The grieving family carried her to the inn where they laid her on the bed in room six until they could prepare the burial ground for her at the nearby graveyard. Guests in room six have reported seeing the icy form of a small girl dripping water onto their bed in the wee hours of the night. Oh, no, thank you. Others have woken in the dead of night to the sensation of a wet, icy cold, childlike body climbing into bed with them. No. Nope. Nope. I mean, I get it. She probably wants to be warm, but like, oh no. <laughs> That's worse than a cold foot. <laughs> Just a cold, <laughs> wet body. <laughs> and you know, kids kick and shit when they right. climb into bed. Punches you in the face. child just like smacking you in the face with her wet hair. Like, thanks. Patrons have reported such experiences in room six as having the main door to the room open and close in the middle of the night, even after it had been locked and latched. Nope. Nope. And guests outside have captured unsettling faces peering out the window of room six. And the room itself has always been hard to heat. Even when the radiators are maxed out, an icy chill will continue to hang in the air. No. Nope. Absolutely not. Has anyone ever thought of, like, putting a doll there so she can get her doll and, like, leave? Actually, there are some... On some of the sites that I went to, they said that, like, the doll would try to find the girl. 
And I'm like, so there's a ghost doll roaming around this place too? No, that's a demon. Because I'm like, what the fuck? A thousand percent a demon being like, here, little girl. (laughs) Here I am. Here I am. Oh, no. No. We don't mess with. Nope. Ghosts, like, you begrudgingly are okay with, but, like, inanimate objects that move? No. Nope. If a, if a doll magically appears somewhere, you get the hell out of there. You just yeah, if it, it, nope the fuck out. If a doll is actively trying to find you, <laughs> get out. <laughs> Nothing good can come from that. Even if you're dead. Even if you're dead. No. Dolls do not come after you like that. Nope. That's not how friendship works. Nope. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. That's terrifying. Great. And that's just one room. That's just one room. So the second ghost um, that haunts the inn is Angus. It's a good name. It is a good, strong name. Angus was a cattle drover who enjoyed the hospitality of the inn on his way to the cattle markets. He's said to have overindulged and slept in later than planned, only to find that while he'd been asleep, a rival clan had made off with his cattle in the dead of night. Yeah. And I saw that happen. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like, did they have ye olde roofies and shit? Do you think? I think it was just a matter of... Like, just drinking too much? Yeah, just drinking too much. Maybe being exhausted from walking that far with cattle and stuff, too. And not eating enough? Yep. Bummer. Yeah. It gets worse. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So if you thought that was a bummer. (laughs) I was like, oh, you just had a bad day. (laughs) You haven't died yet. So it gets worse. So poor Angus, who had no money or cattle to show for his troubles, had to make the trek back up into the highlands to tell his chieftain what had happened. And the chieftain was known to be ruthless. And after hearing what had befallen Angus, he slaughtered Angus's family and his young sweetheart. Wow. Not only that, but he then banished Angus from the clan, leaving him truly alone. Okay. <laughs> yep. So, homeless and alone, Angus wandered for months to plan how he could get his revenge against the clan that had basically screwed him over and ruined his life. Right. And this thirst for revenge eventually led him back to the drovers, where he found members of the rival clan and lay in wait. Unfortunately for him, they'd spotted him first. Yeah. And under the cover of darkness, the rival clan attacked and murdered Angus in cold blood by hanging him from the old tree behind the inn and then bleeding him like you would a slaughtered cow. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So he just... Had a really hard life. That sounds yeah really bad. Mm-hmm. That strong name did nothing for him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Damn. So what does he do now? So since then, several guests have reported hearing him roaming the corridors of the inn screaming during the night. Oh, great. Yeah. I wonder if that's if he's replaying like the last moments when they drag when they dragged him out. Or if he's just screaming in anger that he wasn't able to get his revenge. Maybe. Poor Angus. That's why the little girl keeps trying to crawl into bed with people. She's just like, get me away from this scary man that keeps yelling. <laughs> he keeps screaming every single night. Right. 
And I'm just trying to sleep and I'm cold. Or maybe he's screaming because the doll is behind him trying to find the girl. (laughs) I don't know you! (laughs) Get this demon doll away from me! (laughs) Checks out. And maybe his accent's just super thick so they can't understand what he's saying and it's just like... (laughs) But you know, Scottish. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Another haunting in 1792... A local family were forced from the land they were renting by their greedy landlord, who felt the land could be better used raising sheep. Okay. The family was driven south into the lowlands, where they hoped to find work and a new home. But unfortunately, they would never reach their destination. During a night of travel, a sudden and heavy snowstorm set them off course, disorienting them to the point that they ended up succumbing to the elements. Hmm. What they didn't know was just how close they were to the safety of the Drover's Inn prior to their untimely deaths. It was just steps, wasn't it? It was just like meters away. Oh, man. That's heartbreaking. This family has been seen several times in room two, their freezing cold breath visible as they eerily stare at you from the foot of the bed in one of the upstairs bedrooms. No. No, thank you. And the young boy has even been seen waving to terrified guests. I bet he thinks it's hilarious. He's probably like, I see you. (laughs) So the reception area is home to another ghostly child dressed in pink. The child has been seen in the reception area, on the stairs, and has even been captured on film on numerous occasions. So she wants to be famous. She wants to be famous. And guests of the inn say that the noises of the spirits are so loud that oftentimes it's mistaken for people having really noisy sex. Wow. Maybe the ghosts are. Maybe. Man. Maybe Angus is getting a little something something from somebody. Right. I mean, he deserves it. After all he, <laughs> uh, after all he went through. I mean, he seriously. Something, something ghost booze, ghost butter, ghost toast, like something. Ghost pasta. Patrons will wake up covered in bruises. No. Have the doors to their rooms open and close on their own, even when they've been latched, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. and have items mysteriously move on their own. No. Currently, the bar is home to the ashes of two former patrons, Hector McDonald and George Cumb. Cumb? C-U-M-B-E. I'm going to okay. say Come. George is said to continue to haunt his favorite pub, making his presence known from time to time. Is it pleasant, at least? Yeah. So, like, the patron, the people that work there mm. actually, like, will refer to him by name. Okay. Like, hey, George. You know, things like that. Uh, so, he's not necessarily a malevolent spirit, more of kind of, like, making sure people know that he's still around. Which That's is kind of cute. It's cute. On another site, I read something about um, that there was a picture in the pub part of the building of a little girl, and one of the pub workers mentioned that she had died of tuberculosis in one of the rooms, but I couldn't find that verified anywhere. Hmm. So I don't know if that was just a story that they told or if if it was legit. If it is legit, it's not documented anywhere that I was able to verify. Um, It could just be telephone. You know, Maybe. like a girl did die, but they're not super sure how. And the Drover's Inn has 15 rooms. Not a lot. It's not a lot. And then they also have a place across the street that you can stay at that has more modern amenities. 
Why 15? Why not an even number? I have no idea. Hmm. Weird. I don't ask questions of places that are 300 years old. And that was all I was really able to find out about the Drover's Inn. Still a lot. It's still a lot. And it's still super haunted. So if you want um, creepy ghost families to watch you sleep, watch you sleep or be a ghost babysitter to a a girl and her demon doll, uh, go check it out. I hear the food is great. (laughs) Yep. I hear the food and the alcohol is top notch. There you go. Worth it. So what are your thoughts? It's just kind of sad. It's really sad. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. Just seems like a place where like it was just destined to not have great things happen there, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. especially being such a transient stop. Mm hmm. But it's a bummer with all the cattle stealing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel really bad for Angus. That's a <laughs> rough way to go. Right. Even if you were like, he was probably a super deadbeat. Maybe. Like, just based on that story, like, didn't have the best goals. <laughs> it could have been something as simple as maybe it was his first time selling cattle. He didn't know yeah. any better. He could have been some young kid, for all we know. Like, it didn't really say how old he was. Mm -hmm. So, either way, super, super shitty way to go. Right. Yeah, I bet you wouldn't think that your clan would kill your whole family because you overslept. Yep. So. And your girlfriend. Yeah. Yep. Super great. Hey guys, so our sponsor is actually Podcorn, and I have to tell you, one of the really cool things about Podcorn is they have a marketplace where there's a bunch of people who are looking to advertise on podcasts, and they give a description, you can go on their website, you can try their products if they have any, sometimes it's other podcasts too, but what I love about them is you can curate it to your audience, and it's really easy to pitch an idea as well, I really like that Podcorn kind of makes it simple and easy. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host-read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. Click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing sponsorship opportunities. So this week's podcast plug is the Nopeville podcast. And this is the one that I've told you about before. Mm -hmm. So Christine and Jen do an amazing job with this podcast, where the whole premise is they will take you on these exclusive tours of Nopeville, where you can experience your worst nightmares. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) It's pretty great. Like they've done zombie apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Um, What's some other ones they've done? They did a segment on the slit faced woman. Yeah. Yeah, no. So very good. Highly recommend. Nice. Go check it out, but like not right before bed. Maybe like on your way to work <laughs> yeah. at six a.m. Maybe with the, the lights on. Out. And they are extremely well researched. They do a lot. They do a really good job researching all the stuff that they cover. 
Nice. Like, it makes me feel kind of bad about myself, but in a good way. You do a great job. Thanks, Maddie. So do they. But, like, you do, too. <laughs> Yay. She's not just saying that because she's my sister. Nope. Because if I was your sister saying it, I would say, yeah, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what siblings do. You're okay. You Another could do better. You're just a bunch of tree-ish. You could do better. This week's listener story comes from Aurora of Murder Murder News. Nice. Thank you, Aurora. A really cool site and YouTube channel. Lots of fun social media stuff, um, which we will include the links to. So Aurora says, I had just moved into my new house in Austin, Texas, and was living by myself for the first time. Oh, great. Great. (laughs) Mistake number one. (laughs) My best friend, Nicole, had come to visit me from Florida to help me get unpacked and organized. Mm -hmm. And after a day of sorting through boxes, we both had some wine, said goodnight, and went to sleep in our separate bedrooms. Okay. I woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of my cabinets slamming open and closed. My cat, Osiris, was always up to no good. So I got (laughs) out of bed to figure out what he was trying to get in the cabinet. Right. When I got out to the kitchen... Osiris was nowhere in sight. Nicole stuck her head out of her room and asked what the noise was. I told her Osiris was just banging around in the kitchen, and she opened her door to show me that Osiris had been asleep with her the whole time. Oh, no. (laughs) We were both freaked out, Mm -hmm. looked around the house to make sure no one was hiding in the closet somewhere. (laughs) She says, yes, I have read The Stranger Beside Me three times. Yep. Yep. And then went back to bed. That same night, I had a dream that I awoke to the sound of someone digging through my boxes in the hallway. No. I opened my bedroom door to discover a teenage boy in old-timey suspenders looking through my things. He seemed to detect my presence, picked up a large trombone case, and swung it around to hit me in the head. What? So let me, hold on. I'm I'm also assuming that trombone case was not hers. <laughs> I have no idea. Like a ghost tram- trombone case? I don't know. Because we're still in her dream. Oh, yeah, it was a dream. Okay. Oh, shit. So you could like really hit her. Yeah. Oh, shit. I ducked and moved out of the way, and my pit bull lunged out of bed, barking, and ran into the hallway right through the ghost boy. No! <laughs> The next morning, Nicole had already started organizing the kitchen when I woke up, and she told me she had the creepiest dream. She dreamed that a teenage boy in suspenders was in the house and digging through the boxes. Oh, God. Did he try to hit her, too? I don't know. (laughs) Did the cat save her? (laughs) Osiris. So two things were very clear to us. Firstly, we had a ghost and we were living in a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Secondly, our ghost was not at all amused by the mess we had created with our boxes in his house and we would have to work faster to get things organized. <laughs> that was the fastest I had ever finished unpacking a house. <laughs> and once we had things organized, we never heard banging on our cabinets again. Mm. I did occasionally have friends sleep over who would mention sensing a presence in the kitchen, but he seemed to be at peace so long as I kept the dishes clean. That's kind of cute. Yeah. Some old timey, cranky teenage boy is just like, make sure you get your dishes washed. Well, I wonder if like he would get in trouble. Maybe. Like if he was the oldest and he's like, 
just kicked out. <laughs> You're gonna take my trombone away. <laughs> my dad's gonna take this away from me if I don't clean up this mess. Figure it out, Aurora. God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that story, Aurora. That was awesome. Yeah, that was great. Just, just the right amount of like scary and assault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ghost assault. Mm. All right, personal story time. It's your turn. It's my turn. Great, I get to talk some more. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you. So this story. Let's see, I was about 16, and we were living in the house in Lamar's in Iowa. Yep. And it was springtime, and (laughs) there was a light chill in the air. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. (laughs) Um, In the trees that hadn't quite developed yet. (laughs) (laughs) They were so skinny. I know, yeah. Tiny little saplings. I know it was spring because our aunt Kathy, who was running a Bible camp that year had asked me to put together for her a backdrop of mm-hmm. like um, an Arabian market, like mm-hmm. think Aladdin. Uh, Cause they were going to do like cartoony. Yeah. They were going to do yeah. some sort of like play type thing and they wanted this nice backdrop. Mm-hmm. So my mom and I had gone to one of the grocery stores in town that had a butcher shop inside and got a big ream of butcher paper so I could draw this backdrop And obviously it was like rolled. So when we got home, I had like rolled it out flat on my floor with stuff on all the corners to try to like get it to lay out flat so I could draw on it the next day. Yep. I remember that. And I went to bed that night and probably around midnight, one in the morning, I wake up to the sound of what to me sounded like someone running back and forth on the top of this paper. And giggling. No. Like little kids playing giggling. So I immediately shot up and was like, get the fuck out. Because <laughs> I am super sensitive. Right, and, you were such a good babysitter. And then the noises immediately stopped. And so I like looked around. I didn't turn any lights on because why would I do that? No. But I kind of looked around. Nothing looked out of place. So then I laid back down. And then a little while later, I woke up to the same thing again, like running across, back and forth across the paper, giggling. And even though we have pets, none of them slept with me at night. So there's no, no way it would have been one of our cats running back and forth. No, our cats slept in the basement. We were on the top floor and our dogs actually slept in the garage. They slept in the garage in like a bed warmer dog mm-hmm. house corner. Yeah. At the time. So the next morning when I woke up, I looked in the paper, like nothing was wrong with the paper. It was completely flat. There were no marks of anything on it. No footprints. No footprints, no nothing. (sighs) But I did try to get that done as quickly as possible so I could get it out of my room because I was like, fuck that. Yep. But I do remember a few more occasions where I would have something like little trinkets or whatever on my vanity like i remember one time i had a bouncy ball for some reason i don't know if i had got it from one of those like vending machines or something mm-hmm. and i woke up early in the morning one night to it like bouncing on the vanity no and like shooting up in bed and being like you little pieces of shit get the fuck out of my room like i was so angry at them <laughs> like go find your mom fuck you you think those were the kids that would like pounce up p- pounce on us 
Possibly. Possibly. Because it never felt malicious. It felt like a like a shitty little kid like playing a prank. It's entirely possible. (sighs) That makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, we just had shitty kid ghosts. Yeah. And they're only shitty because we didn't have a lot of toys. (laughs) Well, it's like I didn't have I was 16. I didn't have a bunch of toys sitting Mm out. No. And a lot of the toys that you would play with were in the family room. Yep. In the basement. We didn't keep a lot of toys in our bedrooms. In our rooms, no. Crazy. Spoopy. Spoopy. Do you have something good you'd like to share? I got these cool... um, So I... Now that I'm working from home, I haven't worked from home in this season where like the sun, you know, our days are getting shorter. And so I'm having issues with the sun being like directly in my eyes when I'm in meetings and stuff. And even when I draw down the shades, it come, it peeks through like that thin line mm-hmm. and I still get like gouged in the eyes with light. Um, so I got this like almost holographic privacy film. Mm-hmm. I got it today and I, I put it up on two, two windows and it looks really nice. There's one corner that like won't stick. I'm probably going to ask my boofer some advice on how to do that since he's handier than I am. But yeah, I'm excited to like not be blinded during meetings now. It's the little things, right? It was really bad. It was really bad. So I got that today and I'm already like relieved. <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know. Kind of a silly thing. What about you? Um, I'm excited for the episode that I collaborated with Josh on for... The Werewolf? For the Four Nerds by Nerds podcast to come out. Yeah. We had a long and fun conversation about werewolves where we talked about our top five favorite werewolves in TV and film. Nice. And it was a really good discussion. Don't give away your... your I'm not giving away anything, but... uh, (laughs) Because you'll know he did catch the reference. As yes. Uh, so you didn't get to freak out? No. So as soon as I started like saying what the show was, he immediately knew what I was going to talk about. It was oh, great. Man. Dang. That's what happens when you talk to nerds. Yep. So I will see if it's possible for us to get um, either a copy of that segment or a way that or we'll just share it um, on our social media and stuff. Mm-hmm. Once that episode comes out. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to record. (laughs) I bet. And it's been, it came out this last week, the um, Apocalypse in Review episode that I guested on, where I talked to Tom and Michelle about the movie Pompeii with Kit Harington and uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, man. If you want accuracy, Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> he does this amazing, like, turtle-looking mouth thing in the oh. movie. <sighs> yeah. Does he freeze forever in that position? No. <laughs> I would say there's, like, two really cool scenes in the movie that make it worth a watch. Nice. Uh, but only two? Only two. Kind of a bummer. It's historically accurate, but the okay. dialogue is not. Like, the dialogues are really, really bad. Bummer. The eruption stuff. 
the environmental stuff that happened, mm-hmm. all legit, the set design and all that kind of stuff, even though, I mean, it's not really a set, it's mostly CG, but like all of the environmental stuff and the costuming is very accurate. So that's awesome. In that respect, it was very well done. Fair. I say just watch it for, if nothing else, to see Kit Har- Harrington's abs. <laughs> all right. Because fun fact, he uh, actually gave himself body dysmorphia, making those abs, go to the gym like three times a day, and had to be told by his trainer to knock it off because he was obsessing so much about whether or not his body was good enough for this movie. Ouch. So. It's a good thing he wasn't in 300 then. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed, I, I feel like there aren't a lot of people that talk about the male celebrities that have body dysmorphia, but I feel like it's just as bad for them. Oh, I'm sure. Way. I'm sure it's a lot of pressure to look a certain way because that's become the norm is you're expected to look a certain way if you're a male actor and you're going to yep. be shirtless. Yep. So can't be Charlie Chaplin anymore. Yeah. It's unfair. It is. But it's just unfair all around. Yeah. Way to end on a bummer. <laughs> Let's make it positive. Whoops. Uh, hashtag team trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> to make it positive, because I'm not quite sure if I would have, if I'm going to snip it from the beginning or not. I am actively working on creating a playlist on our YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Where mm-hmm. we will have all of our episodes on there as well. If that's something that you, a platform you would rather use to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that is something that I am actively working on and hope to have done you know, this month there, like I said before, there won't be videos of us because (laughs) I do edit the show with just the audio, not the video. So any video clips you would see of us are all just going to be outtakes from the episodes. Yep. At least at this point in time, Mm -hmm. we weren't, we don't have any plans at the moment to do full video podcasts. So we need, we need to make way more money. Yeah. Yeah, and have someone else editing stuff for us. <laughs> yeah. We need an assistant to do that, and we're not there yet. Yeah, we don't. We can't afford an Eva or a Steven. We could if you supported us on Patreon. <clears throat> Team Trampoline. <laughs> I still want that first. It could snow tomorrow, and I still want it. First things first, we need a trampoline. Right. So we can have our <laughs> meetings and record our episodes. I could put it in my apartment. And hit my head on the ceiling every day. <laughs> <laughs> and I would still have fun. They just call me Flathead Stangle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Pretty soon all the podcasts are just me going like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> pain. How are you doing today, Maddie? Uh, and my brains are still here. I don't know why. <laughs> Something's leaking out of my ear. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I can't even say the full thing. I just go, wee. As half of your face falls asleep. Wee. On that note, shall right. we? Yeah. <laughs> you can find us online at yeoldcrimepodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at yeoldcrimepod and on Instagram at yeoldcrimepodcast. We are. Still looking to fill one more spot for this month for our spoopy stories. So you can send your stories to us either you can DM us on Twitter or email us at yieldcrimepodcast at gmail.com. We really appreciate everyone's kind words. Mm-hmm. We've said it a million and one times that we love your reviews. We will continue to sing your praises. Mm-hmm. 
as you sing our praises. So please, um, going. if you feel so inclined, leave a five-star review and rating wherever you listen to podcasts. It makes us feel good and it helps uh, increase our exposure a little bit so more people can find our podcast and check us out. Right. If you'd like to get more bonus content, such as the outtakes that I've mentioned several times in this episode, those are exclusive to our Patreon supporters. And you can support us on Patreon for as low as $5 a month and get access to all of that content, as well as a special gift that is only available to our patrons. If you want merch, which is a great way to support the podcast, head on over to our TeePublic page. Uh, they are having sales all the time, and we always mm-hmm. promote them on our social channels when there are sales going on. Yep. We're constantly adding new designs. And if you have anything that we've said on the show that you really want to see as a sticker or a t-shirt, please mm-hmm. let us know. We are more than happy to take listener requests. <laughs> and we'll do our best to um, bring them to life if possible. Yep. I'd actually be very interested to hear what people would like to see as right? like a t-shirt or a sticker. So yeah, what do we do? What do we say? Do it. And as always, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you next time with another tale. As old as crime. <laughs>